Hi, podcast fans, and welcome once again to the Revelation Station. Say hi, Simon. Hi, Simon. I knew you were going to say that. That's so predictable. <laughs> yep, I am predictable. So, why have you dragged me back this week? Well, what, you may ask yourself, is the next album in the solos that was released. We've already had Steve Hackett's Voyage of the Acolyte. We did. Um, we've already had Peter Gabriel's first album. Cool. So now... Now it's time to experience the delights. The delights. Yes, I got you the first time. Tony Banks's first solo album, which is called A Curious Feeling. Funnily enough, listening to this album, I also had a curious feeling. So this album was released on the 8th of October 1979. It was recorded in the spring and summer of 1979. It was recorded at ABBA's polar studios in sweden it was yeah yeah it was recorded at the same time that mike rutherford was there recording his small creeps day solo album um it was recorded when phil was over in vancouver trying to rescue his marriage and we all know how that went yeah so genesis won a bit of a break at this moment and tony thought you know while i've got nothing to do and i'm sat here twiddling my thumbs I'll just go out and record this album I've always meant to do. He'd first thought of doing a solo album in 1975 after um, Peter had left the band. And Steve, obviously, he made his album just after Pete left the band. Some of the tracks that ended up on Trick of the Tail were tracks that Tony had intended for a solo album. Uh, Madman Moon, which you absolutely hated, but I love. I did, it's true. And parts of Ripples and Entangled all came from those ideas that he did um, thinking of a solo album. So this album came about because in 1978, an artist you might have heard of, David Bowie, was booked to record a soundtrack for a British horror film called The Shout. David who was um, it, did you say? Bowie, I think it's pronounced. No, I'm not, not ringing sure. any bells. Yeah, he's, yeah, but anyway, whoever he is, he didn't turn up to record this album. So the producer of the soundtrack recommended Genesis and the the film director said yeah let's go for it um Phil Phil wasn't available at the time because he was as we know he was in Vancouver having his his troubles yeah um but Mike and Tony decided they would do it so they worked on that score um and the track from this album called From the Undertow was used as part of that film score okay no soundtrack album has ever been released though so you can't get that soundtrack all you can hear of it is whatever's in the film and from the Undertow. Is this um this track from the Undertow? Is that is there any link between that and the track on and then there were three? Yes, there is. Um, it was originally Tony originally wrote it as the introductory part of Undertow, which is why it's called From the Undertow. Oh, okay. Actually works quite well. I've edited the two together, and it actually works quite well as the intro to that song. And you can hear little refrains from Undertow playing. You've edited those together, you say? Yes. So just out of interest, have you got any other friends except me? No. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> but anyway, we'll go into that a little bit when we come to the actual album. No, tracks. I'm not interested in what friends you've got. <laughs> oh, not that, the other thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Mm. Now, this album was as. Um... <sighs> I don't want to get into what we think of this album yet. No, we need to keep that as a, a lovely surprise for our listeners. Yeah, because, I mean, we've got a lot to discuss here. Um, Okay, I think the album's based on uh, Flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes, isn't it? That's right. It's a sci-fi story uh, about a man with an IQ of 68 who takes part in an experiment to increase his intelligence. That's uncanny. That's like what happened to us. And it didn't work. <laughs> Algernon is a mouse who is experimented on first, who becomes really intelligent, but then the intelligence reverses itself and he reverts back to being normal, but then he dies as a consequence. So Charlie, who's the, the janitor in question, becomes really, really intelligent before finally suffering all that loss and then dying early. So it's not a happy story. Not a comedy then. No. But yeah, so it was loosely based on that, but I don't think you can really tell by the album. No, I'm not getting a mousy feel from this, this no. album at all. No. No. Um, but it was, uh, that was also turned into a musical called Charlie and Algernon. They do choose some really happy things for musicals, don't they? I mean, Does nobody do happy geez. anymore. Jeez. I mean, you think about, you know, Les Miserables, and that's all about French people starving to death. And here's one about a guy who becomes super intelligent and then goes back to being unintelligent and then dies. Jeez, lighten up. Oddly, I felt more sorry for the mouse. <laughs> anyway, back to the album. Hmm. I would like to talk about the production of the album, though. Hmm. 
Um, I wasn't terribly impressed with the production. And this is quite a surprise considering who did the produ- the producing on this album. Mm. Because it's a guy yeah. they've already worked with several times. It's David Henschel, who's worked with them on uh, Trick of the Tail, Wind and Wuthering, Duke, to name but a few, including a couple mm-hmm. of the live albums they put together. Um, yep. And yet I think the production on this album is really poor. It's, it, yeah, it's really flat. It's extremely flat. I mean, Chester Thompson's doing the drumming on this. Mm. And we know that Chester Thompson is a first-rate drummer. He is. And yet all he seems to have come at with uh, uh, most of these tracks is with a snare drum and the cymbals. The drums yeah. are just so tinny on some of these tracks. There's no mm. bass to it at all. So the album was uh, remixed and reissued in 2009 by Nick Davis. I knew um, that. I know you did. Uh. But I, I haven't listened to that version of the album. We are purely going on the original version, which is the version I've got. Yeah, so so it's, it's quite surprising that we've got such a yeah. flat sound on this album. Mm. It's not very good. I mean, to be honest, um, I don't think... I'm not a big fan of David Henschel's production anyway. Wyndham Wuthering was pretty good, but some of the other things he produced for them just were okay. So Tony plays all the instruments on this album apart from the drums, which that's interesting because, you know, Ant Phillips was was in the studio with Mike. Mike was there. I wonder, wonder how it came about that he only used Chester and didn't ask for the help of the others. Have we got any secret recordings of that time? Well, I don't know. Why don't you check in your cassette box that you were given, see if there's anything in there? Good point. Hold on. I'll... Uh... Oh! What's this one? Labelled 1979. Wow. Tony Recording Studio Outtake. Shall oh, we... cool. Shall we have a listen to that? Yeah, pop it in. Let's have a listen. Hi, Tony. I'm just about to start on my album next door, but I thought I'd come in and do your bass parts for you first. Well, that's very kind of you, Mike, but I've got all that covered, thanks. Oh, I see. Uh, Have you already got Daryl on it, then? No problem. No, not Daryl. I'm actually doing it all myself. You're doing it? But you can't play bass. I can actually, Mike. Will there be anything else? Um, No, I suppose not. See you later. Can't play bass. Who can't play bass? I bet even Phil could play bass. Anyway, where was I? Ah, yes. Oh, what now? And? Hi, what can I do for you? Hi, Tony. I'm just next door working on Mike's album, and I thought I'd pop in and do your 12-string bits while Mike's recording his bass parts. Oh, uh, yeah, but I don't need any 12-strings going on, thanks, Ant. Oh, right. I suppose you've already asked Steve. I didn't think you two got on. We get on just fine when he does what I say, but no, Steve isn't doing the 12 strings. I'm going to do them myself. I'm doing all the guitars myself. (laughs) Nice one, Tony. You always were a joker. Now, where do you want me to sit? I'm not joking, Ant. In fact, I'm going to play all the instruments myself. You what, mate? That's right. Tony Stratton-Smith said I was the only indispensable member of the band, so it's time for me to prove it. I'm going to write and record an album all by myself, and it's going to be such a big success that I'll be everywhere in the 1980s. I'll have several number one hits, play with Zeppelin, produce albums by punk artists, and be all over TV and radio. I might even get into acting. You know, a few guest slots on a glossy American crime show before being given my own starring vehicle. Maybe I could play a criminal with a heart of gold. I'll even be asked to write a score for Disney and win an Oscar. Oh, well, good luck with that. I don't need luck, Anthony. I have sheer musical talent. Ah, yes. The most successful solo career in the band. Bigger than Pete. Bigger than Steve. Bigger than Mike. I'll be ubiquitous. Over. Yes. All right, Tone. I've just got back from Vancouver, haven't I? Mike and Ant said you're making an album, so I thought I'd let you know I'm free for drums, yeah? Thanks, Phil, but I'm doing them myself. Oh, nice one, Tone. Seriously. Let me know when you need me. Phil, I don't. I'm doing it myself. Oh, well. All right, then. Well, I suppose I'll go home. Actually, I've got some ideas for songs myself. I think I'll go and work on them. See ya. Yeah, bye. As if Phil could write anything decent. That lyric about Little Nemo was hardly a classic. (laughs) 
There's no way Phil will finish that. And even if he did, it wouldn't go anywhere. Hmm. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. Drums. Hello? Chester? Are you free? These bastards have all refused to help me with my solo album. Well, no surprises there, really. That's pretty much how I would have expected it to go. Yeah, sounds like it was on the nose, doesn't it? Good to have it confirmed, though. Yep, yep, yep. Now, they've got a singer, Kim Beacon. Yeah. An unusual choice, I think. Uh, for yes. a singer because he sounds like he wants to be in an Asia tribute band. It's that kind of yeah. singing, isn't it? But yeah. I, I found when I was listening to it, the the use of synths that they're using on most of these tracks, mm. his voice almost disappears into the background. Yeah, I mean, he was a member of a band called String Driven Thing, who were also signed to Charisma. Tony heard him singing a version of He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, and, and liked him for that, so got him on board for the album. But the funniest thing is, if you go to the a Curious Feeling entry on Wikipedia, click on Kim Beacon's name, it just takes you to the String Driven Thing yeah. section. So there's literally nothing there. But he died in 2006. He died quite young. But I know what you mean. He sound, He reminds me of... And if you've not listened to this, you should probably shouldn't. <laughs> right, um, right. The okay. album that Steve Hackett and Steve Howe made together called GTR, the singer on that was called Max Bacon, and he sounds very, very similar in style yeah. to that. It, it, it's not a good fit for this album, I don't think. <clears throat> no. We'll come on to that when we, we, we get will, to, we will. to the there's, end. There's but, a lot to discuss on this album. But it's an, it's an unusual choice. I mean, it's a curious choice. So far, it sounds like we don't like the album, but I don't think that's actually true. Mm. There's, there's a lot of merit to this album. Yeah. Um, and we'll come on to that as the various tracks. But uh, yes. we're just talking about the thing. I mean, the cover, for example, was by Hot House mm-hmm. um, and included a an Australian artist uh, by the name of Ainsley Roberts um, painting of, yeah. if I pronounce this correctly, Woolawait, Boatman of the Dead. I mean, the this album probably... The time it was released, sort of, you know, the late 70s, there was a lot going on musically. We had... This was at kind mm. of the height of punk, and yep. we were getting a lot of rock coming into the charts, you know, like Rainbow yep. and things were breaking charts, and there was a lot going on. And this album... It really doesn't sit well at that time frame, does it? It doesn't, no. It's, this is sort of the end of punk, but starting to get into the more the new romantics um, and the new wave stuff. We're also getting into uh, bands like Madness and the yeah. two-tone stuff was starting to come out, over here in England anyway. We were starting to get a lot of that mixing back into the charts. And this 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 must have... People like Blondie and Talking Heads yeah. were coming around now and really pushing the boundaries of things. But, I mean, they still managed to get to 21 in the charts over here. I know. I know. It's crazy. 171 in the US. Yeah, that's, that's still pretty good going. I mean, it is. You know, you if you got to 21 in the ch- album charts, that's, that's a pretty decent showing. It is, but it is one of only two of his albums that actually made it into the top 40 UK charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was in there for, what, five weeks? Something like that? It's, yeah, yeah, five so, weeks. That, that, yeah. That's good going. I, I, I'd... If I that was my album, I'd be overjoyed with that. You, it was mm. very competitive at that time. It was, but it, it is an unusual for the time. It's an unusual sound for an album. Yes, for that time, there was so much going on that yeah. um, I mean, we discussed last uh, because we looked at the the first solo albums of the various mm. artists. Now, um, and we discussed that Steve Hackett's first album wasn't very experimental. It was kind of more of the same. Yeah, um, Pete's solo album contrarily, was very experimental. Yeah. And um, we, we got a lot of different sounds there. He was quite clearly trying different things. Mm. Tony's album is somewhere in the middle. It's yeah. it's kind of more of the same, but there are some experimental things that he hasn't really shown mm. us before, but it's nothing that's very exciting. Mm. See, I'm not sure I would say it was it was between. I would say Steve Hackett's album was the one between, and Tony's was the one that he was doing. This one sounds like how you would expect Tony Banks to do an album. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a Genesis 
album. It, there in, are definitely in many some, ways. There are definitely some strains on there that are very mm. reminiscent. But I, I think I think Steve's album is in the middle of the two, and then this is this is the the opposite end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. I'm, I mean, I, I just. <sighs> You know, we're going to have to get into this because because I want mm. to say what I think of this album and there's a lot right. to say and I don't want to taint things beforehand. So we're going to have to sort of just charge in there. Without any further ado then, shall we jump into the actual album? Let's, I can barely wait. So we've already mentioned this track, which was from that horror film. This is From the Undertow. <laughs> Sounds like the soundtrack to a crap 80s sci fi movie. Well, you're very wrong there because it's a soundtrack to a crap 70s horror movie. <laughs> well, I was close, but it really does. <laughs> I mean, I know we're going to discuss this as we go on yeah. and on and on, but the synthesizer sounds in this on this album are really sounding very dated right now. They do, but not on this track. This has not got any synth on it, it's all electric piano. Yeah, I know, but it sounds dated and the style that they're using. When it first starts and they're playing, he's playing the keys and they're playing in a slightly off key. It sounds mm. like the soundtrack to the Keep. I don't know if you've ever heard mm. that soundtrack. It's the same sort of. I haven't heard the soundtrack that adds the, the, no. the atmosphere to it. But uh, mm. I know the film you're talking about, though. Um, that's the Vampire Nazis, isn't it? I think it is indeed. I really like this track. Actually, I think this is a really good opener. I think it sets a nice dark mood. In the same way that Peter Gabriel's Moribund the Burgermeister hmm. starts off with a really dark tone to the album. It's not what I would expect from Tony Banks. I really like this track. I think it's good. I'm going to gainsay you there. I didn't like it. Well, I like the echoes. I like the echoes of undertow that come into it. I think it's really good and it does work as an introduction to that track. Yeah, I, I like this track. I didn't like it. I found it quite boring. Did you? Yeah. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Mm. I think this is going because to be... Because obviously a... you're wrong. Well, <laughs> I think you'll find I'm usually right, and it's you that's quite wrong. But yeah, yeah. but yeah. So that first instrumental, I I like that. Um, I think that works really well as an introduction to the album. It's very dark, and like I say, not what I would expect from a Tony Banks solo album. Yeah, I'll give it a pass. I'm afraid. It does lead us into the next track though, which is the first track with singing on it, which is "Lucky Me." Oh, lucky me.
Lucky me. <laughs> Unlucky us for having to listen to that. This track is so boring. Those plodding drums and it's... Oh, man. What a real... To be honest, I think this is a really poor choice to go second on the album. Doesn't grab you at all. Doesn't make you want to listen to the rest of the album, I don't think. Have you done? Yeah, pretty much. Right. My turn. Yeah. I quite like this one. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Just hear me out a second. I agree with you entirely. It's terrible mm. and it's dull. But you can see here there is basically quite a good song here. And if they had mm. good production and a better singer and a bass yeah. line that you could actually listen to without that tinny going on, I think you'd end up with a pretty decent track here. Yeah, the drums are... I mean, to be fair, having said that, the melody is quite hummable. It's quite memorable. It's It's not a bad track. You can find yourself whistling it. If they, if, they, whistling it, yeah. if they completely re-engineered this track and completely got a bunch of different people to perform it and completely mm. different people to sing in, in other words, if they gave this track to a completely different band, you might end <laughs> yeah. up with something decent. I just think it plods on too long. It it's does, a, it does. But that you could say that about quite a lot of the tracks on this album. Some of them are like five, seven minutes, and they don't need to be. Mm. It just doesn't yeah. know when to stop, which, to be fair, has always been a Genesis problem. It has, it has. Um, makes you think maybe that was more of a Tony Banks problem and the other two were better at ending things. This is a track that, on the whole, could have been good. It could hmm. have made it but yeah. the production let it down badly. Yeah, well, maybe we should re-listen to the album and listen to the 2009 remastered version. I am not listening to this album better. again. <laughs> that is not happening. Life is far <laughs> too short. I'm sorry. Mm. No, I'm not doing it. You've made me do many humiliating things in the past. <laughs> Most of them have not even appeared on these podcasts, but I am not <laughs> listening to this album again. Well, all right, fair enough. Most but... of them have appeared in the newspapers, <laughs> but I'm not doing this for you. As Meatloaf said... I'd do anything. Yeah, but not that. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Maybe this is what he was talking about, somebody asking him to listen to this album again. No, I, think there'd been, I think there would have been more swearing on the album, if that was the case. Uh, but yeah, I think, for me, this album just doesn't grab me at all. It's it's yeah. it's it's pretty yeah. flat so far. And, and again... I put that entirely down to the production on this. Yeah, I mean that dum do dum do dum do drums it's like oh boring. Yeah. Plod plod plod. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Same. Well, that leads on to the next track which is yeah. the lie. Piano intro, kind of nice up-tempo bit. Goes on a bit, quite a bit repetitive, but yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it is all right. But again, if this track had had some balls to it, if they'd had a good mm. bass line, I think they'd put yeah. in a halfway decent track. See, I think what this track, and in many ways this album, what this track in particular is missing, though, is a decent guitar. Yes. It's, it's, it, it needs some, like you say, it needs a bit of oomph to it. Yeah, the, the, I mean, it's the almost... keyboards and the synthesizers are great. He's doing yeah. a very good job of playing them, but you can mm. have too much keyboards. I mean, yeah. obviously, don't tell this to Jean-Michel Jarre, but you can <laughs> have too much keyboards on a track. Yeah. I mean, this, this to me, sounds a little bit like a track that could have been on and then there were three, if it had been given some guitar, a guitar solo or something. Give it a bit of welly. Yeah, it would have been much exactly better. exactly right. It does need some welly. 
Yeah, and it really, I think, really shows at the limits of uh, Kim Beacon's vocals, this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, doesn't work at all on no. this one. I mean, we've said that about the whole album, his, his vocals. Don't get me wrong, he's a very fine singer, and he does a mm. pretty good job on most of these tracks, but his, mm. the tone he's singing at is almost indistinguishable from some of the synthesizers. And yeah. it just... It just has this kind of whitewashing effect over all the tracks. Yeah. Tony seems to like these sort of lower register, lower key singers, though. I mean, look at Ray Wilson. Yeah. Tony was keen for Ray Wilson. He liked that sort of voice. And Tony seems to like this sort of voice mm. for but some it, reason. It doesn't but go it with doesn't, these tracks. It doesn't go with the songs he writes. No, not at That's all. That's the thing. No. He needs somebody more like Phil or, or Peter who've, who've got more of a range. Yeah, yeah, and definitely um, a more a, a deeper sound to them. But then that, mm. that again comes back to the fact that these tracks need more welly. Yeah, they do. But not a bad um, track. It just, yeah, it's all right. Again, with a completely different band performing it, it would have probably yeah. been okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it it you know kicks along quite a little bit. It's it's pretty good. And then just when you're expecting some guitar to come in and and really push it on the next level, it doesn't, and then yeah. it carries on and then ends. <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of just, uh, 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 yeah. and that's yeah. it. And then you you listen to it, you're like, and then here comes the guitar solo. Oh, there's no guitar solo. Oh, okay. Um, um, oh, oh, now it's over. It doesn't really. Yeah, it just it needs something. Needs something added to it, yeah. really. Well, we're going to the next track now, and the thing about this track is, it must have taken them. Ages to come up with the title for this track. <laughs> they must have sat there yeah. for hours going, Oh, what can we call the track that comes after the lie? Oh, I know. After the lie. was quite a nice tune and i rather enjoyed the transitions involved in the music on this yeah yeah for me another plodding one really it's, yeah. it's got a very old school style genesis solo on it yeah keyboard solo but that was that was the other again. thing i didn't like it was the old style yeah. synth they just sound so dated now and that's yeah, great I mean, when you when you've got a classic rock track you mm. don't mind but when it's something that by no means is ever going to be considered a classic it just yeah. sounds old yeah i mean i think you've hit the nail on the head there actually it sounds dated and it must have sounded dated in 1979 yeah when you consider what else was being made <laughs> at that time yeah this must have sounded like early 70s stuff yeah um but yeah it's not, i mean I've not really got anything good to say about it, to be honest. No. It's, I, I, it was it meant, nice enough. And again, yeah. maybe if somebody else was doing it. Uh, but it, sound, it could almost have been... Uh, some of the, the melodies almost sounds like it could have been a demo of uh, Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Oh, me. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it could have. Mm. But, but then that would have never been made. No, but it would have been a demo and then it would have been taken further. So it just sounds like a demo. It sounds like he's written a demo and recorded it and stuck it on the album. Yeah, this track. Yeah. To be honest, we say it's not a it's not a great track, but it's fine on this album because mm. so far none of them have been great tracks. Yeah. You know they've all been it fits. okay. Fits. It fits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. and I suppose that was the point at the time. It did fit nicely on the album. It's just yeah. that you know it's just because it stinks like the rest of the album doesn't mean it's great. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that leads us on to the next track, which is. It's a curious... Alright mate, calm down. 
quite like it. It's alright. It's alright. It's, it's probably the most memorable track on the album, to be fair. I have found myself humming it, actually, <laughs> and sitting there occasionally yeah. going, It's a curious feeling! For no adequately <laughs> explored reason. Yeah, it's an obvious attempt to do a single. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. It's got um, single written all over it. I don't know whether it was. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, no. No, I, I again, the time it was released, I can't imagine it would have done well in the charts. No, it, no, it's all right. The one thing about it I would say, though, is the lyrics are pretty terrible. Um, uh, well, you say that, but there is an interesting shout-out halfway through to The Man From U.N.C.L.E., which I quite liked. Yes, there fan. is. There is. I don't know why it's in there, but there you go. But they've obviously been written by somebody who isn't a singer. Um, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, because some know. of them, you find the the singer falling over some yeah. of the words because they no, don't they'd... necessarily flow very well. Yeah, it's um, like and like the Aga Khan or the ex Shah of Iran. It's like, yeah, yeah. really, really. <laughs> and what are you trying to say here? It's like, it's not, yeah, but but the tune itself's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I actually don't mind this track at all. I no. think it's all right. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. It would have made a, it would have made a good single. It wouldn't have got anywhere, but it, it yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's... I like it. Thumbs up from yeah. me. It's probably the only track so far on this album that I've actually enjoyed listening to. Yes, and Kim Beacon really does a good job singing this one as well. He I think this does. Is, this, this is, is this is one of those tracks that does show off his vocals quite well. Yeah, you can see why yeah. he might have been chosen for this album. Yeah, you know, which was um, a horrible definitely. mistake, but he would have. But you know, he works well on this track. Yes, he does. I like this track. This is probably one of the few tracks on the album I would listen to again. But that does lead us on to the next track, which is... Forever Morning. piece isn't it it's a I, bit of a musical piece isn't it how, how did this uh this doctor who soundtrack end up on this album this, uh, this sounds like the 1970 late 70s doctor who soundtrack it kind of does in a way this track is not as clear as it thinks it is it thinks it no. wants to be a grand musical piece but it really mm. is, it, it doesn't have within it what it needs to be yeah. what it wants to be it wants to be an expansive atmospheric um, evocative piece, piece yeah, of music yeah. and it's actually really dull too long and doesn't ever go anywhere oh it's much too long yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah it, it, you're oh. quite right it, it really doesn't go anywhere and when you you know no. we've seen musical interludes on albums before and they usually end in a drum solo or a guitar solo or fade out or hmm. there's a bit where it really kicks in. This really doesn't do any of those no. things. It just no. goes on and on and on and then mm -hmm. thankfully stops. And again, to me, it sounds like he's demoed something for Genesis. Yeah. With the idea of here's something we could use. And then Genesis would have gone, oh, right, yeah. Okay, we'll take this little bit from that and we'll add something else to that. And then we'll take this little bit and put it at the end and we'll mix the thing in and we'll add this thing, we'll add this thing, and then it becomes a track, you know, it becomes one for the vine. It becomes suddenly good. But this is just the basic raw demo, and he's just gone, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Slap. I doubt if, if it was that easy, but that is mm. the effect you get. It doesn't yeah. feel finished. No, but I, I, I honestly wouldn't listen to this track again, and I, even now I can't really remember how it goes. No, I blanked so, it out of my yeah. mind, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And it does just sound like late 70s Doctor Who soundtrack music, yeah. and I didn't like that, so... No, no, no. So, skipping, so, skipping on to the next track. You, me, you. you. 
six minutes and 30 seconds of okay wasn't it i wouldn't even be that generous to be honest really you're gonna be scathing on this one are you yeah that sounds to me like a genesis b-side no no in fact it doesn't even sound like genesis it sounds like the demo of a genesis b-side i can say it's not you've been too you've been too kind of things to be even worthy of a b-side yeah just dull yeah it's it's, instantly forgettable dated sounding keyboard that end keyboard solo that comes out of nowhere and sounds like it's just been tacked on (laughs) it really does sound like it was tacked on oh no no i think six and a half minutes i know and i oh it's all i think his vocals on this in particular are very poor i don't think this places don't think it suits his vocals in the slightest i just oh terrible terrible track yeah yeah, I'm, sorry I'm, Genesis fans, sorry Tony Banks fans. If you think I'm wrong, shout at the radio, shout at your speaker, email us and tell me I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. Oh no, no, no! Email Simon. Don't email me. <laughs> He's the one who thinks yeah. it's terrible. I think it's okay. Mm, no. Well, you know, it's always somebody else's dream. strident intro but it sounds really dated to me i don't oh god yeah again like Mm. most of the album i think it's because of the use of synthesizers and instruments it needs guitars again it needs a lot of things again but it It does guitars dated but the other thing the reason i thought this sounded genesis-y was because it's eight minutes long oh my word yeah and it feels you feel every (sighs) minute of that eight minutes yeah, Kim Beacon's vocal range is really showing here because yes, he limited. hasn't got one. No. He hasn't no. got one. And it shows this, very clearly on this. This song needed something other than shouty vocals. It needed somebody else doing it. it. Yeah, it didn't get... I couldn't really make out the lyrics because it was so... I don't know if that was the production, but I couldn't really make out the lyrics because he seemed to be shouting everything and it just... <sighs> It made me wish this was somebody else's dream, to be honest. Yeah. Because it wasn't, and it was me listening to it. It was just too long, too dull, too annoying. Mm. In fact, I was so tempted to skip over this, and I thought, if I skip over it, Simon will shout at me. So I didn't (laughs) skip over it. So I I suffered through this for you. Do you realise that? I suffered for you. I had to suffer through it as well. (laughs) I'm going to need bloody therapy after this. (laughs) So... Tell me, when was the last time you listened to a Tony Banks album? 
you know that bit in the Pink Panther where, mm. where um, uh, the commissioner strangles his therapist? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what would happen when he, when the therapist asked me, so what do you think of Tony Banks? <laughs> <laughs> so as you told me, you've been listening to the Tony Banks albums this week. What did you think of it? What, uh, let me go, let me go. Uh, exactly that, that yeah. yeah. That would be pretty <laughs> much exactly word for word what would happen. Well, if only we could drink from the waters of Leith, which would make us forget everything so far. Another Doctor Who soundtrack made its way onto the uh, the album, which is this is from uh, Doctor Who and the Revenge of the Tedium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, six Man. and a half minutes again. Too long. Too much. Dull. Too long. In fact, I did stop listening to this track halfway through. Did you? I really got so bored. I just mm. thought I. I'm just going to skip to the next track. I can't yeah. hear this anymore. No, I've got nothing good to say about that. Dull. No, too dull, I'm, too I'm, long. I'm Didn't sorry. Like I know it. a lot of what we're saying on this album makes it sound like we hate this album. And that's very perceptive of you to notice that. <laughs> but If you've picked it, that up, well done. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to, mm. to say positive things. I was reading a few reviews of this album online today, and a lot of people had some very good things to say about this. Mm. I don't know where that's coming from, because... I seriously can't find much to enjoy on this album. Nah. It's, it's well, not that it's a, we're, we're trying. It's, it's not that we're against this album. It's not that we're saying bad things against this album just to say them. It really isn't a great album to listen to. Well, it's not going to that now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying at this point because we've been so negative about this album. Yes, I just thought I'd point <laughs> out that we're not deliberately being negative to be negative. We're just it's nah. just a wishy-washy album yes but let's put those opinions aside for a while uh, 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 you see what oh. I did there This one was released as a single. You are joking me. New. This is so um, dull. I didn't do anything. Yeah, it is. See, I, I don't mind this track, but it is dull. I mind this track, and it's dull. 
No, I, I, I hated this track. I, I tried to listen to it. I really tried. I scrunched up my little face and put my head next to the speaker and tried and tried and tried. And inside, the little boy inside me was crying all the way through. <laughs> really? I didn't think it was that bad, but I didn't. I don't think it was great. Another another one where his vocals don't fit the style of the song and don't fit with the mood of the song. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, I, I think this album could have been better if they'd just gone back mm. and rethought it, reproduced yeah. it, re well, re everything. Yeah, I think I think he would have been better off if he'd got a band in to help him or got people in to help him do the album rather than doing it all himself. Yeah. Um, and I th- honestly, I think this would be quite a, an interesting song if it had a better singer. No, I don't agree at all. I think it's awful. Mm. I mean, I, for me, I think it's pro- possibly the best song on the album. Really? How mm. interesting. You're wrong, but how interesting. <laughs> it's nice if you have an opinion. It really is. It's so nice. Oh, thanks for letting me have it's that. It's very refreshing. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's wrong, um, but, but it's refreshing. <laughs> but yeah, but that's... Yeah, that's... Man... We've got, only got one more track left to go, though, so... Yeah, in the dark. <sighs> phrase going through my mind at this point and that is god make it stop (laughs) that's the only note i've written down for this track is make it stop you know this is this is the same same person in the same band who did duke's travels and duke's end i know as an ending album, album track and then you get this which is possibly the dullest ending to an album i have ever heard yeah, that a good a good last track on an album should make you punch the air with excitement and go, yes, listen to that album again. Or and bring together all the again. themes so it exactly, feels like yeah. an ending. Or, yeah. or just have something going for it. This yeah. just oh, this has nothing going for it. No, no it makes me wonder what um, Afterglow would have been like yeah. if Tony had just recorded it on his own. But and, you know, th- th- I can imagine that would have been this dull. But then Phil and Mike and Steve came along and, and put their input into it and made it into a decent track to end an album on. This is just, oh man, what a dull way to end an album. You know how I said on the last track how the little boy inside me was crying? <laughs> on this yeah. track, he tied a rock around his neck and was walking towards the canal. Oh man, I hope somebody stopped him. No, nobody stopped him. <laughs> I've now lost the little boy inside me thanks to this album. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, this does not leave you wanting more, does it, this album? No, no. This I certainly track, wouldn't sorry. be buying his next album if it was based on this one. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a bum album in them. Um, yeah. But your first one, <laughs> that's that's a bad start. <laughs> that's got to be a statement of intent, hasn't it? it you has. know, so far, we've, we've listened to Steve Hackett's album. It's a very good statement of intent. Sounds very Genesis-y, but he's going to build on that. Yeah. Peter Gabriel's first album. Loads of different styles. He's looking for a, a sound, but he's building on that. He's this looking just, for someone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then this is just me. Before we go into our thoughts of uh, the album. Oh, yes. Do you have anything in your little cassette box which uh, which might give us a clue to how the album was received at the time? Uh, maybe. I shall, I shall have a look in my... Any here? rare interviews uh, or anything like that? Mary Mungo and Mitch songbook. Uh, what else we got? We've got JFK secret tape. No. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, it's the audio of the first public playback of this album. Wow, and they recorded that? They recorded it for posterity, yeah. So we get to wow. hear what the first people who heard this album thought. Fantastic. All right, well, stick that on, stick that on. Oh, yeah, Tony Stratton-Smith here. 
I have everything ready to listen to the new album. Great, great. Tony will be here in a minute. Hold on. Hi, Big Tone. Hey, how'd you like the album? I worked really hard on it. I think it's amazing. It's a whole new kind of music. I call it dual undulating logarithm. It's the way I program the synthesizers. It's going to be a smash. Dull music. Yeah, we could shorten it to dull. Believe me, in a few years' time, the whole charts will be full of dull synthesizer music. Yeah, yeah, that's as maybe. We're here to listen to your album today. We just got everybody in the booths. As you know, we put a sample bunch of people in these booths, tape the headphones to their head so that they can't hear anything but the album, and then gauge their reactions. Is everything ready, everybody? Okay, press start. I think they're going to love it. I've really worked very hard on this. I think it's my best work ever. Yeah, we'll get a few reactions now. Oh, are they supposed to be crying? Well, it's very emotional work. I was expecting some really strong emotions to come out. Is, is that man gnawing on his own arm? Well, well, he does appear to be a little distressed. That guy's beating himself against a cubicle wall. Yes, he does appear to have a slightly different musical taste to maybe what's on the album. Slightly different? He's beating his head against the wall. As I say, I was expecting a strong reaction to the musical masterpiece that is my album. That one! Has he got a gun? Oh my! Oh my! He blew his own head off! Well, uh, well, uh... I can't release this album! It'll be a disaster! my album. It's, it's an amazing piece of work. <laughs> anybody else is in Genesis. Better than anybody else. He blew his own bleed lid off. You can't stop me now. You can't. I'm, I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to stop those trucks leaving the building. This album cannot go out. Put them on now. I've got these headphones. I can put them on. I can end it all now. Phones down, Tony. Don't listen to the music. You've got so much more to give. Alright, maybe not as a solo artist, but so much more. Put the phone down. I'm yanking it out the wall. You can't stop me now. I'm locking you in the room until the album's safely in shops. You're a fruit loop. Somebody stop him. Well, that um, that was mm. interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not I must admit, I, I do tend to agree with the people in the audience there. Yeah. So, all right, okay. Let, let's give our opinions on this. Astute listeners will have picked up by now that we don't really like this album. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have you haven't got to dig too far under the surface to get our feelings on this, have you? Yeah. It's not like we're uh, being coy here, is it? No. Right. I, I, I'm going to be generous, right? You're, what, you're buying around. <laughs> Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was asking a bit much. I think I am. Yeah, well, I'm going to be generous with this. It's going to happen eventually, obviously. But so, in the most generous way possible, this album is a dull record that greatly outstays its welcome. And that's you being generous, is it? That's me being generous. Okay. I think I'll, it's appalling. I'll be generous. Um, and this isn't really being generous. This is this are my true thoughts on this this album. Mm. Um, I think it has great potential and promise. There are some mm. interesting themes on here. You liked mm. some of the tracks. I liked some mm. of the tracks. There's some interesting stuff going on here. It's just performed. I don't want to use the word badly. It because it's all down to the production. The producer on this should have gone. Everybody mm. stop. We need to bring some more people in here. Tony, stop dicking around on the keyboards. We need to get rid of that particular set of keyboards and bring in a guitar. Yeah. Chester, stop phoning it in and just whack <laughs> that drum. Uh, There's, you know, he needed a producer here who's going to stand in and go, Tony, I understand what you're trying to do, but yeah. it sounds terrible. Because yeah, I mean, can you imagine the so Bob Ezrin? 
Yeah. Bob Ezrin doing this album and, you know, basically coming in like he did with Peter's first album and saying, no, change that, get rid of that, bring this guy in. You're not playing all that yourself. We've got to bring some people in. I'm bringing a band in. And just having a band play. Yeah, yeah. Because it's... it's... There are some good... There's some good stuff on this album. Hmm. You know, there is. There is, there is. I mean, you like the first track. Yeah. There's several tracks on here that we both actually quite liked. All right, Mm. there's also several that were ghastly beyond belief. Um, So it just needed a producer to come in, redo it, and sit down with Tony and go, Tony, lad, I like what you're doing, but basically those four tracks are bloody awful. Do something else. Yeah. Have you got any I mean, friends who can write stuff? I mean, there's some real poor songwriting, and it's coupled with an average at best singer. Well, again, poor songwriting. The music isn't too bad. Mm. If you rearranged it, and let's not... To be fair, a lot of great tracks out there, if you actually mm. listen to the lyrics, the lyrics are bloody awful. But they're a yeah. great track because I'm not the just sound talking about the is great. So, talking about the music as yeah. well, though. I mean, the mu- some of the music's just he I basically the, the music is, should have is, collaborated. Oh yeah, yeah, beyond beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I think most of the music is let down purely because it's a lot of keyboards, mm. and so you yeah. haven't. If you'd taken out one of those keyboards and put a guitar in there, you'd have got mm. a completely different sound on it, and it would have been yeah. so much different rhythmically. But because yeah. you've got that droning keyboard all the way through it, of multiple droning keyboards, it wasn't mm-hmm. even if one of the keyboards was particularly interesting. Yeah. It's just more of the same, but a slightly different keyboard. Yeah, exactly. And you just ended up with this flat sound all the way through this album. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Tony's a keyboard player. Yeah, we know that. We know yeah. you're a keyboard player, Tony. Show us what else you can do. Mm. You know, this is... Yeah, You mentioned Jean-Michel Jarre earlier on, but Jean-Michel Jarre just doesn't do the same tempo songs all the time, and he, he uses different types of keyboard, he uses different types of sounds. Tony's really stuck in a very narrow field on this mm. album. Yeah, I mean, if I, I'm trying to remember when Oxygen came out. Jean Michel Shaw. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the technology was there to make interesting yeah. sounds using synthesizers. Exactly. Why I didn't mean, you Kraftwerk, not find an interesting sound to make with a synthesizer? Yeah. Kraftwerk had been making interesting synthesizer sounds since 1968. Yeah. So, so why was Tony <laughs> just sitting down with his Moog and, and <laughs> planting out these god awful, dull sounds? Plodding. Yeah, plodding tracks. It's. I think it's funny that he said in in interviews. He he says that this is. He thinks this is some of the best stuff he's written, and that it compares with the best stuff he wrote for Genesis. It's like, man, listen to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> listen to <laughs> listen to it. It's yeah. not. It really is not. It's it's. I mean, I don't want to be too disparaging. The guy. It's. It, I do. I know you do. I know you. Do. <laughs> um. It's it's like. I'm trying to find the positive on this album, and I'm saying mm. that some of the songs are good and some of the music is good. It's just done badly, and that is all down to production on this album and the mm. fact probably that Tony wanted to do everything himself, and that's let this album down badly. I just I find it really odd that somebody who wrote so many classic Genesis tracks, you know, One for the Vine, Me and Sarah Jane, I know you don't like that one particularly, but Madman Moon all these classic Genesis tracks has written this turgid lump and put it out thinking it's better than any of that stuff. And it, it's not at all. It, um, oh yeah. I can't hide it anymore. I hate this album. I'm going to say, stop beating around the bush. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> really hate this album. There are Genesis fans who think this is the best solo Genesis album. No, there aren't. Yes, there are. So they forget Pete Gabriel's stuff. Forget Phil's stuff. Forget Steve and Mike's stuff. There are people who think this is the this is the top of the tree when it comes to Genesis solo stuff. And I look at it and listen to it and I think, what? Really? What? Are we listening to the same album? Yeah. It's to be honest, plots, the, the, the plots, one thing plots. The one thing I, I really hated about this album was the mm. fact that I had it on MP3. Which yeah, meant you yeah. couldn't throw it at the wall. <laughs> I've got this on vinyl. Have you thrown it at the wall yet? <laughs> no, I've listened I think I've listened to that vinyl once and that's it. Yeah. I, I think I yeah. imagine there are a lot of pristine condition versions of this album out there. Yeah. Poor album. Terrible. I think it's awful. I think, I think 
we're yeah. going to have to go a long way before we find a worse album than this. Yeah, I think it shows promise. And I think there is mm. some interesting stuff on here. I just think the production and the performance wasn't mm. up to perhaps what he envisioned this album was going to sound like. Yeah. Apart from the very first track, I wouldn't ever be bothered if I never heard any of this again. Oh, didn't you like the title track? It was all right. But I wouldn't care if I never heard it again. A curious feeling. Come on, you'd miss that. Ugh, man. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, But yeah. Yeah. So, leaderboard. Right. Right. So far, we've got number number one, Peter Gabriel's first album. Peter Gabriel Carr. Yeah. Number two, Steve Hackett's Voyage of the Acolyte. Where on that list is Tony Banks' A Curious Feeling? Currently, I'm putting it at 11. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's not charted for me. No, (laughs) no, it's, as I say, part of me wants to applaud him for trying, but the other other side of me is going, but you should know better than that by now. You've been doing this for a long time. You shouldn't Mm. be producing this kind of sound now. There's just, the other thing about it is there's just no emotion in no. the music, but that comes down it's to the cold singer and again. Clinical. Yeah, and there's no, not just that. I mean, the music musically, there's no nothing soaring that makes your your heart lift or or makes you go, "Wow, brilliant!" It's no, just I don't think I don't think my dull. heartbeat changed at all throughout this. Apart from maybe by the end, it was actually dull. slowing down and wanting <laughs> to stop. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Maybe, yeah, that's yeah. it. But this, it, it's just cold. It's clinical. There's no emotion. It just no, no thanks. Don't like yeah. it. Thanks, Tony Banks, but no thanks, Tony Banks. Yeah, yeah. As much as I'd like to be positive, I'm going to go along with you on that. Yeah. Uh, so that's this episode. Send all your hate mail to Revelation Station Podcast. Care of Simon <laughs> Don't talk over me. I'm doing the emails. <laughs> Should you want to support us, you can go to buymeacoffee.com and search for Revelation Station. You can pay us the price of a coffee to help run the podcast. Um, If you pay me enough, I will record a special message that says, I love this album, just so you can... You can tack it onto the end of your copy of this podcast and then pretend I loved it. Uh, yeah, so following on from this album, the next album in our little jaunt through the solos is Mike Rutherford's Small Creeps Day. Is that any so, good? No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Damn. No spoilers. Damn. So I've got so, another week of listening to another so, album I've not heard. Yes. So have a nice listen to that and we shall reconvene and chat about that next week. So thanks for listening, everybody. If you've smashed your phone or MP3 player because you've disagreed with me so heavily, um, I apologise. Join us next week for a delve into Small Creeps Day by Mike Rutherford. Yep. Take care. Thanks Thanks for listening again, everybody, and uh, have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm trying to make a a face, but it doesn't show on audio, does it? Oh, man. Overly well. No. Yeah.